0: Welcome to Casual Questmasters, a Casual Master Quest podcast. In this podcast, we'll follow the adventures of a group of characters who simply want to find their way in the world, but a more sinister plot is evolving around them. How will they fare? What will they do? Let's find out today on Casual Master Quest. Dice ready. <laughs> Welcome
1: to Casual Questmasters. The secret files. Is that what we're gonna call this Nick? Uh, secret X-files. Uh, no, I think uh, that's too on the nose. Um, yeah. Cla- classify, uh redacted. Classif- redacted. Redacted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Redacted.
0: CQM redacted. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Great. Yeah. So, uh. For those of you who uh, did not know, um, this is something that will be made available in some form or another um, due to our good friend Nick here uh, traveling for the holidays, visiting his family because he will not be with the other two as they continue their ventures in Luskin. And so we're going to go ahead and run this dope little mini session to kind of give a little backstory into what's been going on while they've been on the you know the quote-unquote main storyline um and how vol's perspective has kind of we'll get to see the story from both sides which would be really cool i think gonna be fun yeah it is and what fun story doesn't start out with uh oh no let's 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 give a quick uh shot into especially since that a lot of people will probably be listening to this after the fact like several weeks later what was the last thing that your character did?
1: Uh, the last thing that Vol did was we finally got to Luskin um, after that mm-hmm. battle, uh, got through the city gates, asked some guards where the closest inn was, parked, our, uh, parked sparkle, sparkle Sparks with our va- uh, wagon, uh, and got ourselves a really nice, uh, uh, like, really fan- like a room at a really, really fancy place. Do you remember what the name of the inn was? Uh, no I cannot remember the name of the inn that's uh, that's <laughs> so usually our lord seven keeper's sales. job the seven yeah, sails inn and I called it a night uh, Brandon mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry Magdor and Nox were a little e- no Nox was also tired Magdor was a little eager to keep some sort of uh keep the yeah, nightlife going he stayed up at the bar for a while yeah he was the only one that didn't really
0: get like hurt during the fight too though so like both you and yeah anyway cool And so you crashed, yeah. wanting to be ready to to get going early in the morning. I do remember you guys saw this, uh, you had had been invited to bet at
1: some sort of fights, too, on your way in town. Yes, Um, that was an invitation received from one of the guards, and Nox and Magdor seemed pretty thrilled by the idea. (laughs) Vol, not so much, because he was there on business.
0: Yes, he's working. This is all, you know, like... Sure, all work and no play makes Jack makes Vol and no boy, but you know, like <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Um but cool. So we can pick it up there. You're staying in the Seven Sails Inn, you've gone to sleep early. Um you are in a suite, uh, so all three of you were able to sleep in the same space, uh, in one room together. Um a large, you know, four-posted bed with kind of like, you know, the little the the
1: the the <laughs> veils. Yeah, I, like the veils <laughs> hanging over the side of the mosquito that. Yeah, the mosquito nets. That's, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> uh, so those are hanging over the side. Um, and if I remember correctly, you kind of seeded that to uh
1: Nox because uh, Nox took quite he quite missed. a beating and so falls yeah. like uh, and vols also made do with a lot worse in his lifetime. So a couch mm-hmm. was not the worst place he slept on. Yeah, absolutely, and it's like a, a big sectional, so you took the longer
0: part of the sectional, being taller, and then kind of leaving that uh, lower, the smaller part of the, the capital L, for lack of a better term, for uh, uh, Magdor whenever he comes back. Which I didn't need to, um, because
1: he did come back, and he took the fireplace.
0: He took a spot beside oh, right by... Oh, that's the- right, he crashed on the fireplace. He took a spot beside the okay. fireplace. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> so you go to sleep, you know, um but your your dreams that night are kind of odd. Um what what are dreams like for Vol normally? Are they a regular occurrence? Do they usually have like a specific thing that he tends to envision or see? Does he have nightmares? Like what's the most regular sort of dream for Vol?
1: Um hunting like, but hunting? hunting before before his injury, you know, before whatever event forced him out of, uh, you know, his tribe. Uh, so just normal, like, uh, his, his former life and his normal days, which were just hunting. He was a hunter. He was a gatherer, uh, sort of defending the uh, outskirts of the village, just keeping an eye out. That was kind of his job. Um, mm-hmm. Nightmares would be like him... Uh, Sustaining the injury, like receiving the injury and, but, and then the events that transpired and him getting ex- exiled, uh, a lot more exaggerated and a lot worse. That's what a nightmare would look like. Um, mm-hmm. but his standard dreams would be hunting. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, as you would know then as a hunter too, sometimes when you catch the prey, sometimes it's imperative that you, um tie it up, mostly for the peck that you need to carry it. If it's like a larger sort of like boar or, you know, a larger quadruped, you would tie up its legs. Um, And that night you had a dream that you and your father and brother had taken down a particularly large, like giant tusked boar. It was going to be a feast. And this dream was starting off very well as you landed the final blow, a spear to the neck of this animal and it laid on the ground as you, you know, thanked it for its gift because nature is something that is a part of all of us, And especially as a tribe that lives off the land. Your family understands that more than most. And you know, what is that they say in Avatar, like, or whatever they say, like, I thank the animal when they take it because it's giving a gift of sustenance, you know? And so you take it and you tie it up and you start to walk back and then as you're walking back you start to feel woozy back to your village in this dream it feels very vivid very um to this point it has felt very normal but now you start to feel kind of woozy and you fall to the ground as you you, you know you blink and trying to gain your senses back and then um as you blink heavily trying to kind of like see what's going on and try to make sense of this you feel that like your hands are tied as well and now you are being held up on this pole with your hands tied up together being held up on this pole being carried by your brother and father as you try to speak to them but they don't seem to hear you and they carry you um and at one point one of them punches you in the face um as you do try to speak to them and uh the voice is no longer your father's as kind of like I've never been like the only it like drugged like uh the best thing I, I could compare this to is some sort of like Rufinol right you know Rufinol is yeah like like where you like really kind of only see bits of time pass and uh, for you, it you see like dark city street lights, and you hear the sounds of those fighting pits again echoing in the distance, um, as if you're being moved somewhere. but you never are conscious long enough to really do anything productive for yourself as you're brought somewhere. You don't really know. you hear the sounds of seagulls lapping waves, and then those sounds disappear um, eventually. And uh, eventually, after some amount of time, you awake. Uh, stripped of all of your things except for whatever you would wear underneath your armor. Um, Basics. And um, there is a single lantern hanging outside of what you are in now, which is like a three by three. So it's like a nice little square cage that would normally be reserved for like, animals. Um, the keeping an animal. Or an actual prisoner. <laughs> uh, but it's probably about five feet tall as you kind of, like, uh, gain actual consciousness. Um, and you can hear the sounds of crashing waves, but no longer the sounds of a town. <clears throat> and around you, you can see, with that one swinging, you know, kind of swaying lamp, you can smell the sea breeze, feel the the moisture so you know you're close to the shore wherever you're at but the the area that you're in is dark aside from that lamp and a natural cave around you but you can't see any other light sources uh but you see several other tunnels that lead off from this main cavern and there is a table under that lamp like a small table um probably about two feet circular um with two 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 uh like hooded figures kind of sitting there uh, playing cards. And one thing you notice about one of them is that their hands are, their skin is grayish. The other one looks like more human elvish. but they're both about five to six feet tall, um, but you can't see their faces and they're just kind of
1: grumbling quietly as they seem to be playing a game of cards. This is odd for Vol. Gold's never been captured like this. (laughs) Where am I? And one of them picks up a rock and throws it at the cage and says, Shut up! Ah. True man with words, I see. I didn't know of a place called Shut Up.
0: (laughs) And they just seem to ignore you right now. For, for the time being, they're just, like, ignoring
1: what you say. Uh, what the fuck are, what the fuck are they called? Um, you there, you're a drow, aren't you? And you kind of
0: tu- You see the face, like, turn, but it doesn't turn all the way to face you, so, like, they obviously hear you and recognize what you're saying, and they say, what of it? And
1: no drought to be such cowards.
0: And he turns back towards the thing, and the, you can see the other person, and now that your eyes have adjusted a little bit, you can see that, uh, you can see under the hood of the other person's face a little bit, and you can see them, and they're like, they their face gets a little stern, and they look at the person in front of them, and they just shake their head. And the, and the guy... Rolls his sh- the other one rolls his shoulders, stands up and grabs like a quarter staff off the wall and walks towards you and says, and gets close to, closer to the bar, but it stands about three feet away and says, "You want to
1: say that again?" Drow are such proud creatures with such strong magical prowess, and yet here you are, tying me up and capturing me like an animal, like some sort of coward. Money's money. Well, at least that's something we both can agree on. So, how long am I supposed to be here? What was your job?
0: Somebody wanted you? Well, they wanted... Sure, they wanted you. And they'll be here, sometime, to retrieve you.
1: <clears throat> well, all right, then. I don't suppose you have any uh, water or, uh, I don't know, a key to this cage.
0: And he uh, he goes back to the table and gets, like, a pitcher and pours into a wooden cup and sets it about a foot away from the cage and says, we do have
1: to keep you alive. And I'm going to reach for the water. Yeah, you will just take it. Do I see anything else? Like, so my hands are not tied, um, I'm stripped down- uh, they were. They were tied. They are no longer tied. No longer tied. Uh, stripped down to bare necessities. I'm in a five foot tall, three by three cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, small table, two people, um, one drow and one, assuming, assumedly elvish. The yeah, lead. and elvish, somewhere in there, yeah. they have similar skin tones and you can't see their face yet, but yeah. Lantern, cave, and then nothing else.
0: Yeah, you definitely know that this is a coastal cave, but where? Because you can't hear the sounds of the city at all.
1: Do I have anything on me?
0: no but you can see uh in the room now that you've kind of like taken a point to look around um on the other side of where that drought was sitting is a small chest um and you can see on the other side of it is uh like several sheathed weapons laying down and you can see yours included there um so it seems as though they're keeping your belongings off to the side away from you but you know obviously not out of the way and uh as they see you look around because they are paying attention to you, uh, the drow looks at you and then looks back at the the chest and says, Chester, take that away. And he says, Yes, sir. And the other guy grabs the chest and the thing and walks through the northern cavern out because there is a north, a west, and a southern exit from this yeah. cave. All kind of like just, it. obviously, since it's a natural looking cave, like, it's like, Not exact, but they are north, south, and west. And he goes out the north exit and then returns about five minutes later without the chest or the, um, your weapons. And he says, They're disposed of.
1: Chester, I knew a cat named Chester. It was a big old fella, mountain cat. It was a good meal. Yeah, he was.
0: You named your prey?
1: Sometimes I do. It makes it more interesting, <clears throat> Esther.
0: One would think you might get
1: attached. One would. Vol wouldn't. Oh, that's your name. What's whose name?
0: Your name. Vol. My name? We didn't know. Yeah. Sure. You just referred to yourself in the third person. How so. I was
1: referring to myself.
0: I figure. Inflection. There. and uh and the the drow then steps up and says shut up so where's your dwarven friend
1: I don't have a dwarven friend
0: there was you that one that nobody can really pin down because they look like a lady man or sorts Uh, and then a dwarf when we came to get you Or when we came to get him, you and the the lady man were the only one there.
1: Like I said, I don't have any dwarven friends.
0: Who's the dwarf
1: that you were traveling
0: with and where...
1: Uh, Ah, that dwarf. He's just... uh, He's just a party member we had to pick up uh, on our mission. I have no idea where he is. There. He's a gambling man, so I don't know- I don't know what kind of gambling activities Luskin has. Best off finding him there.
0: Chester? He says, sir? He goes off And Have you drank that water? Just to kind of, like, rehydrate? Yes. Make a constitution saving
1: throw, please. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, yeah, you don't, you feel a little,
0: uh, you, you're not exactly, it's just a, it's a bit of a stomach pain, but you're not sure if that's just because you haven't eaten in a while, or if, like, it's just, like, you're hungry, or something weird, you're not sure. And then, um, <clears throat> he looks at you and then, uh, snaps his fingers, and says a few words, uh, do you speak Undercommon?
1: Uh, let me confirm with you, uh, no, I do not. Okay, he says a few words in what sounds like a
0: varied version of common, uh, but it's a little more guttural, and it has a little more, like, hard, like, CH sounds, like, and, and, uh, and a lot of THs, and it, anyway, it's way less consonant-based, uh, compared to common, uh, and, uh, he... Says a few words and you feel an energy over the cave uh, or over the cage and you are implored by the universe to not lie. As a thing called zone of truth has been cast over your cage, which makes you unable to lie to him. Understood. (laughs) This. Now let's try this again.
1: Where is the dwarf? Honestly, he went off to a bar. That's that's all I know. Will he return to that room? We never know. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Um he likes he likes to sleep by forge fires. Like a like a blacksmith's forge.
0: Does he have some sort of special connection to the forge?
1: Well, he's a dwarf. I would imagine all dwarves love metal and smithing and forging, if you know what I mean. Yes,
0: I do. Does he, to your knowledge, have a special connection to
1: smithing, metal, anything like that? Uh, I only know details. I know his family was... (laughs) uh, um, he, he comes from an esteemed family in Um and there was a wager, and that's how he lost his arm. And he hasn't really forged or smith the, you know, smith the proper weapon since. Mm. Your friend is an exile of Gontalgrim. Well, I mean, that would make sense why we get along so well. We're in exile as well. How often do you see a Goliath here out in the, wor- in the world that's not in exile? You're not wrong about that.
0: <clears throat> and it's been about a minute and uh, you feel the energy kind of dissipate and he says, good. I'll have lots of uh, information. Doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm sure it'll mean something to them. Um, and uh, how many points do you have?
1: Uh, did I how much rest did i get before i was taken uh not enough for a long rest um okay then let's see i don't regain any hit points i still had 29. 29 okay he says uh
0: you should rest now and he uh pulls uh a loaf of bread and (laughs) your mouth waters a little bit because you haven't eaten anything in a while you don't know how long uh and he tosses uh, the part of the loaf to you, and says, "Eat, sleep, regain your strength." And he goes back to the table and waits as he like checks
1: through the cards and just kind of fiddles about with them. Uh, what would you like to do? Vol realizing maybe what just happened because he's not he's not the most wise when it comes to you know arcana maybe. and magic, but probably realizing that. Something forced him to t- be a little bit more honest than he would. Uh, you don't like being super candid, and you were forced to be candid there. <laughs> he's just gonna sit back and watch while he eats for as long as he can before the sleep takes him. Um, yeah. So positioning myself again, maybe in how I in in, in where I woke up, where I could still see Chester, and just mm-hmm. wait and watch and see if anything. Some sort of clue or something they say in any language that I might understand pops up. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, awesome. See, so, yeah, you watch them as you kind of like take bits of this food and you know bits of this bread, and eventually Chester returns and they sit down and be- continue playing cards. And a few times, uh, while they're playing, one of one of them tends to like flip a coin constantly, and he's just constantly flipping it and checking it and flipping it and checking it flipping it and checking it. And at one point, like that's one of the things you notice that seems to be something that you don't notice people doing often, like a tick or something that this person does specifically that seems off. But also uh, a few times during the conversation when uh, one of them won and the other did not expect it, they used an exclamation that you hadn't heard outside of a specific group of people um, in Neverwinter uh, that follow a goddess called Timora. They went, Timora's breath! How did you pull that off? You know, like they yelled at each other, right. kind of like back and forth a bit. Um, generally, and then kind of when they say that, you recognize maybe the coin as a sign that they may be followers of Timora, the goddess of fate.
1: Um, possibly. Okay. So that's um, something you notice. Yeah, no, I'm not going <laughs> to see or do anything anymore. Because Vol's, okay. there's no, they've done a good job in keeping, like, things away from him for anything that might be useful in breaking out, so to speak. Still have the cup. Still have the cup. What kind of cup is it? It's wooden. Okay. Um, And it's got a single metal band around it. Okay, Vol has a cup, and he's still going to wait for now. He's gonna come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you you uh you you eventually the sleep takes you as you
0: said, um and you wake up. Obviously this is not comfortable to sleep, uh in because no matter what you're kind of laying on something metallic, up against metal bars or and there's not a blanket. So the cool coastal breeze because you could have been able to feel like a current of air moving through this cave system as is normal throughout cave systems as long as there is an exit. Um, and so you know this place has an exit first off, and then also, then it keeps it cool. But you sleep comfortably enough, uh, but it's you regain all your hit points effectively um, and any quote unquote spell slots because, but you don't have any. Uh, now, here's the only thing some things don't require components or a spell casting focus. So you can still use those spells. <laughs> but I don't know which ones they are. <laughs> um, but like some things like uh, uh, subtle spell from the sorcerer's spellbook allow them to cast spells without verbal or somatic components or things like that. You know, there may be, I don't know. You may have some functionality within your spell casting, even though you don't have your stuff. But yeah, so yeah, you wake up. Uh, they are not there when you wake up. the the table and the table is still there the chairs the light is a little brighter um, because it was darkish it's still darkish but you can it feels as though there's a little more light in there kind of insinuating that maybe it is the daytime and um, the sand on the ground is you know you can see that little bit of light in the sand reflected as well and then um, the chairs look like they have been moved out as if they stepped away from the table some time ago
1: Okay, so I have a cup. You do. A cup made of wood with a metal band. So ideally, I'd like to try and break off a large enough chunk of wood that I could use to pick a lock. Okay. Um, Since they are like pieces of wood
0: that have been... Because they're like... They're like, if it makes sense, the the cup itself, the sides, is made up of separate pieces of wood, which is why the band is necessary in the first place. Oh, okay, so
1: it's at the bottom, like, keeping things together.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it's kind of like around the base, yeah, holding these pieces together. So if you wanted to try and pull one of these things out and try and splinter a piece off, um, you could do it. Um, it'd be a strength intelligence check, because you're trying to use your strength intelligently using, you know, some sort of force that would merit that sort of response from that wood. So, or a strength, yes. No, not strength intelligence. Strength investigation. Okay. So, use strength as the base. This is an off check. I like using these. Strength as the base, and if you're trained in investigation, you also get to add your proficiency.
1: Okay, um, so I'm not trained in investigation, so I just roll a strength?
0: Yep, so just be... flat strength check to try and bust this off now it's still technically an investigation check but like you're using strength as the base instead of intelligence
1: uh i rolled a six with the bonus um with with your strength added in this was a 1d 20 plus two yes oh no Yeah. yeah
0: you're able to break it but you've just broken the cup. So like several of the, the pieces of wood that make up the side had popped out and you break one of them in half instead of long. You make it like, you know, they're long strips. Right. Uh, instead of cutting it down the middle to try and get a, long, a nice long splinter to get in there, you break it in half the other direction on accident. <laughs> so that one piece is useless and the cup can no longer hold water. Um, but you still have pieces of the cup if you want to try more. <clears throat>
1: Do I hear anything? Did anybody react to this? Because I would imagine no, the sound was not, it wasn't super loud. Um, you were able to pull it
0: out and kind of like, it's just sound like somebody broke a stick, you know? Like, but there's crashing waves echoing through these chambers. So, like, it didn't overpower that
1: sound. Okay, I'm going to try and make another, uh, uh, take another stab at it. Same role.
0: Okay. Um, Let me think about this. Ooh, no! It's an Intelligence Athletics check. That makes way more sense. So, Intelligence as the base, and if you're trained in Athletics, you can use that. Because you're using, like, leverage and stuff in your favor.
1: Okay, so... I have a plus four in Athletics, so I just add that on. What's your Intelligence modifier? Uh, zero.
0: And what's your... What's your? <laughs> it's not the strongest. So you have a plus. You have a plus two to it again. So yeah, it's it's the exact same add-in as the previous check. So it's just a plus two because it's just adding your proficiency. Because I assume you're trained in athletics, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's just the the proficiency in athletics that you'll get, um, and base strength again, right?
1: No, uh, intelligence.
0: No, no, this time it's intelligence based, so it's going to be a plus zero from the intelligence. Okay.
1: <laughs> so either way, it's the same numbers. So let's see what you get. Um, a 15. There you
0: go. Yeah, you find a, a nice way uh, in uh, via, like, pushing against the bar, and you pressure it just right that you pull off a piece that you think might be just big enough for this, like, lock and key that's on. So if, if there's a padlock on the door, which, so once you remove that padlock, you can lift it from the outside and open it, if you're able to get it open.
1: Now, are you trained in lock picking tools? Uh, not at all, no. I'm just trained no. in survival.
0: Mmm. Okay, help. so this is just an intelligence check then. Okay. Oh, no, sorry, it's just dexterity, because normally it's sleight of hand is the way that you're able to figure that out. And they usually use sleight of hand because that's like dexterity plus proficiency because you'd be trained in lock being skills, but you are not trained in lock being skills. You are relatively dexterous, though, right? Yes. Okay, so just use that dexterity modifier, roll the d20 and let's see if you can pick this lock. A uh, total of now, 22. Oh, damn, I was about to say, if you fail three times, you break the, the wood. <laughs> But you didn't fail, so good job! (laughs) As you, you like, you finally get the right size off, and then you reach through, and it's not a super complex lock, and you can feel three clicks, click, 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 and then you twist it, and the lock drops. Uh, and you're able to twist it, and lift it off, and you can open the door if you'd like now.
1: Um... No. Got- <laughs> so... You're free! No, no, no. I like my page. <laughs> uh, here's... Bolt's gonna put the lock back on, but not close it all the way. Okay. Um, so if he chose to, he could just get out whenever he wanted, ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just gonna put the lock back on and make it appear that it hasn't been unlocked. It looks unlocked, though. Does it look There's unlocked? still a
0: space of about like maybe a quarter inch right there, a couple centimeters. If somebody walks up within about four feet, they're going to be able to see that this is an unlocked lock. Also, that you have a busted cup with splinters in your face. That's
1: shape. true. Was like, I was thinking <laughs> if it was one of those... Uh... You know what? No, Bull is going to make a break for it. Um, but he's going to go to the table first. Now,
0: I will say this too. The splinter that you pulled off, because it is a splinter of a cup that's, you know, six inches tall, you could feasibly use this as a dagger.
1: Okay, we'll take the splinter with me. Because it's sharpened.
0: It's sharpened to luck, you know, big. But also, here's the thing. If you hit three times with it, it breaks. So it will,
1: you know, decay because it's not made of metal. You know, Um, great. So you're going to take the splinter with you? I was planning on taking a chair with me as well. As, as off, a bust a leg off. You got a club and a dagger. Um, Take the seat and use it as a shield. Uh, before he goes anywhere, um, he wanted to see if he could find, because he did mention there was some sand in the cave. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, the whole ground is made of sand. sand. All the ground. Can you see any tracks leading anywhere?
0: Go ahead and make a survival check to try and see which way they may have gone when they left this room. In an eight. An eight! Uh, you know, you can see one of the tracks. The other one kind of gets mixed up. Uh, one of them left uh, out the western entrance. The other one, you're not really sure where it went. But it was probably a few hours ago.
1: Um, Volt's gonna take the northern exit from the cavern uh, with a chair mm-hmm. and a dagger in hand.
0: Chair, dagger... <laughs> Just walking I'm along sorry, in a loincloth. Wooden and loin wood, <laughs> splinter and a chair in hand. It's like a yeah, it's a stool, effectively. Yeah. So you're walking around with a bar stool and a and a piece of wood to hit people with. Uh so your armor class currently is just 10 plus your dexterity modifier. Okay. Because no armor. Yeah. Um. Great. Uh yeah, so after who knows how long now, you're on your feet for the longest time since you've been knocked out, too, because you probably stood up to talk to them sort of thing. But like, for the most part in this cage, you've probably been sitting down and you're you feel that you haven't like your legs feel the ache of not having been able to walk around for a while, you know, Um, but you quickly get through that as you are a person who your whole life has been spent moving, you know, so like you get back into it pretty quickly. But it should be noted for you that you notice how achy your legs are, which means you may have been there longer than you were able to perceive. Um, so, anyway, you travel off through this northern corridor, and you can see uh, that as you, now that you've been able to get up and walk out like out of the cage and move around the room a little bit, you can see that that western one is probably the exit. Okay. Um, as off down the corridor seems to be off of kind of the moist... Cave walls, like it's not moist in here, uh, but the you look down there, and probably about forty or fifty feet down, it since it turns off to the south, and you can see that the walls themselves there are a little damp, and sunlight is being reflected right. into the cavern from there. Um, so that's probably your exit, and you can feel the most pull of sea breeze coming from there as well. But you head north, I assume, to try and find your my gear, yes. Your items, yeah, your gear. Okay. Um... Yeah, you head off to the north, and um, you—it um, it kind of twists and turns a little bit. It's—it's it's dark once again, um, but eventually you start to see the dim light as you kind of twist and turn down these these cave corridors um, of of uh, another lamp somewhere, um, and hear the shuffle of footsteps in the sand, as if somebody is walking around ahead. And as you peek around the corner... Uh, actually, at this point, I probably should allow you the chance to do a stealth check if you want to remain quiet.
1: Uh, okay, this is where I always get nervous. 17. <laughs> nice. Great. Yeah, so you,
0: you continue forward, and as you peek around the corner um, of where you hear this sound coming from, you can see uh, the human. That you had seen before as his hood is down down. Uh Chester, as you know him, uh is actually a human, a younger human, probably in his late teens, early twenties. And he is uh what's your, your you have two short swords, yeah? Uh yes. He's he's like examining and like playing around with your really nice one. Um and is like 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 play fighting the air, basically doing some training in the sand, effectively. Uh, And the chest is open and you can see a bunch of your a few of your other effects within the contents of that chest as well. But he doesn't seem to have noticed you creeping up on him with a large wooden splinter and a bar stool.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) how big is this? How big is this cave that I'm looking into?
0: Uh, it's probably, it's got another exit off to the, uh, to the east. Um, but it's probably only 15, 15, by 15-ish, you know? It's a cave, so not exact. And where am I looking in from? Is it from, like, the south? You're from the south, yeah. You're looking okay. north from the southern, yeah. From the south,
1: from the southern part, yeah. Would I be able to... Ah, shit. Uh, is this back to me? Uh... Sometimes,
0: because he's, like, kind of moving around doing, like, fighting stances. It's just, you know... He's actually surprisingly deft with it. Like, he seems to know what he's doing. Uh, so sometimes his back would appear to be you, but then he he moves and swings and kind of rotates his foot position and, and uh, where he is positioned in the room. He's moving all around in kind of, like, the same five to six foot area. Um, but yeah. He's just kind of very, very much interested in this weapon. And he hear every once in a while he'll stop and kind of admire it in the light, because it does have very nice craftsmanship, and he says, yeah. I'm gonna keep this when he's dead. He continues to fight.
1: Alright, Vol, time to make a time to do something stupid so the next <laughs> th- the next time he stops to examine if he does um i'm gonna set the gonna set the stool down gently and then he's gonna with the splinter dagger in hand gonna sneak up behind him and put the splinter to his neck that's the plan okay
0: so since he doesn't know where you're at Already, you've already gotten past his perception currently. I'm going to let you make another stealth check to try and get up to him without being noticed. This is going to go, once again, against his passive.
1: We have advantage. So. I rolled a seven. With advantage? (laughs) Oh, no, <laughs> it it did both the rolls, and then both the rolls were a seven. Oh no! Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you s- stock up, and you get to about five feet away from him. So you're about ready to put this up to behind him, and he turns around as if he's because you've seen him do this several times where he points it because piercing damage, you know. Um, he points it at a false enemy, and he turns, and you're there, and he says, "What are you doing?" No! 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 Roll initiative.
1: <laughs> uh, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Dang, bro! Will you go first? Um, I am gonna stab at him with my with my <laughs> splinter dagger. Um, but I do. And not... now you do notice too in the chest, your other short sword is there. Right. Um, I'm. If you wanted to grab it. I'm more stabbing at his face right now. Okay. Yeah.
0: Roll. Go ahead and roll the hit.
1: <laughs> I, I uh, for this I wouldn't know what to roll. Do I just roll a normal dagger?
0: Um. Yeah,
1: because it's it, you're proficient with daggers, so
0: it's just your to hit is the same as it would be with your a normal short sword, because it's a light weapon, drone. So it's just dexterity and proficiency.
1: Uh. Does 11 hit? 11 does not hit. It uh.
0: It like bounces up because he's wearing studded leather armor. And it kind of like, like, is not able to penetrate that leather because it's cured well enough.
1: Um, and that's
0: one, that's one, one quote-unquote hit. So you've got two hits
1: left with this before it is no longer a functioning dagger. And then I want to try and punch him. Okay. Okay. But I don't know what to roll for that. I can't find anything over here. That's strength and proficiency. Strength and proficiency? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Fresh pots! (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a five. Yeah, yeah, you've missed him. (laughs) He he parries away
0: your arm with the flat end of your own weapon. And uh, now
1: it's... It's still your turn. You could move away if you wanted, but so yeah, in in that flurry of misses, um I am going to try to use that as an opportunity to navigate behind him at least closer to my chest. Yeah, you can get to your chest. Um because it was just on the opposite side of him and you can move
0: around him without provoking any attacks if you wanted to grab your sword or something. And then <clears throat>
1: If i'm still able to uh, i'm still getting used to action economy if i'm still able to grab a sword at the very least Mm -hmm. yeah you can interact with one item for free
0: yeah yeah draw or stow one weapon interact with a door one right yeah for
1: free um Mm -hmm. yeah you want to grab your sword i'm gonna grab my sword
0: all right so it's not the plus one one he's got the plus one one so but you still have one of your swords in hand and now a dagger so you got your your wooden splinter dagger and your sword (laughs) Uh, which, do you have the dual wielder feet? Yes, I do. So now you have a plus one to AC, because you're willing to Um, light weapons. Wait, no,
1: no, no, sorry, I, no, I've got the, I don't have the dual wielder feet. Two weapon fighting, two weapon fighting. I get those Okay, so we
0: need to get you that dual wielder feet soon. (laughs) Because that's super useful for you, you're always using two light weapons. Alright, so now he's going to attempt to attack you with, um... Several attacks. Um, as he pulls out a dagger as well, and now he is wielding an actual dagger and a short sword. Um, as he's going to attack you twice with the scimitar, or not the scimitar, the short sword. Uh, what's your armor class currently?
1: Uh, fourteen. It should be. No, right, sorry, so thirteen. One,
0: okay, yeah. One of the short sword attacks hits, and thirteen. Yes. And the dagger also hits, so we got some damage coming in. Could be a lot, could be a little. Let's see what the dice say. Uh, 15 damage. S. Yes. it's non-lethal, though. It's obviously he's trying not to kill you, uh, but he does not want you to be conscious anymore. <laughs> I'm going to use uh,
1: Stone's Endurance for that 15.
0: Okay, uh, well, you can use that against one of those yeah. attacks. Do you want to use it against the short sword or the the dagger?
1: Oh, uh, that was just a 15 to hit, not the damage. Yeah. Um, oh, least, no, that was damage. Oh, that, that was, was damage. damage, yeah. So whatever yeah, that damage number, was that for the short sword? Because it's from two, it's from, that's oh, from that's, two, two, two oh, swords. Oh, that's the collective. Um, I'll use it yeah. for the uh, um, short sword, yeah. Short Sorcer- sword?
0: Okay, the short sword dealt 8 total damage, so go ahead and roll and see if you can negate that. Um, And the dagger dealt 7. I rolled a 10. Great! So you negate the damage from the short sword as it just kings off of your stone skin, and uh, the dagger still deals 7. Okay. Um, And now it's your turn. Um, As he does try to position himself around, because you've gone towards the bu- the chest, and now he's rotated around to the south, blocking your exit, or attempting to. He's like, come on man, what are you doing?
1: I'm gonna charge at him with my short sword, um, okay. and I'm gonna use my bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark on him. Love it. Um, And I'm gonna take a swipe, and this is not- this my normal short sword. Does a 21 hit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's six plus... Um... Six plus three, nine total.
0: Okay. Yeah, so you get a solid hit on him. Rely on your ability to... Hit weak spots with your Hunter's Mark. Um, Did you want to make an offhand attack?
1: No, I can't, because I use my bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, And did you want to move anywhere else to just kind of maintain position?
1: Yeah, so at this point, Vol's... Vol's been kidnapped. He's been kept in a cage. He's not exactly been treated like shit and they haven't really said anything mean or done anything mean to him. So it's not like he's got he's doing this out of like spite or vengeance or anger. Well, more anger in himself that he got the drop like somebody got the drop on him. But now he knows <laughs> that there are people after backdoor. And um, also, I will note
0: I will note this for you specifically Um, that stool that you set on the ground could function as a shield if you wanted it to. Okay. And because you're aware of your own kind of like vulnerability without even just the, the leather armor that you normally wear, um, you could drop the dagger and give yourself a little more protection if you wanted
1: to. Okay. Um That's not in Vol's head right now, until he actually takes some more lethal damage. Uh, right now all that's in his head is, uh, finishing this quietly. Because, to him, this seems like something tied to his job right now. Sure, they might be Mm -hmm. after Magdor, but it still seems awfully suspicious that the moment they got into town looking for this one drow, that a drow and somebody else was involved in a party that kidnapped him.
0: It feels mighty suspicious
1: indeed. Um... So he's going to move close and stick with him and hopefully okay, cool. intimidate the fuck out of this kid because this kid might be good with his weapons, but I don't know if this kid's ever faced a Goliath before. Especially a seven foot six Goliath towering down on him who just shrugged off a sword attack. Yeah, just with the strength of his skin. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> he just colossus'ed him. <laughs> just, tink!
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. He's going to maintain fighting though because. He seems, despite his young age, to be very steely. Okay. Um, You can imagine a lot of, because you've been in the city long enough to know that a lot of gangs and or like ruffians recruit people that have grown up in harsh conditions. So this kid may have been a homeless kid his entire life without a family and had to fight to survive. So he's going to continue to fight you and your armor class is,
1: what? Thirteen.
0: All three attacks hit.
1: Okay. How many hit points do you have? Uh, twenty-seven. Okay, so this is
0: eighteen damage. Okay. As he he uh continue he takes that hit that you the couple hits that you kind of or the one hit that you that you put onto him and then um just like retorts back with even more fury as he seems just as determined as you to. Be the last one standing in this room despite the size difference and
1: it is your turn realizing he took a hell of a lot of damage <laughs> um he is in fact now gonna go for that stool as a shield Grab it and pick up that stool and how much got it now you have a plus two to ac okay <clears throat> um and then... Fresh pots. Fresh pots, and then he's going to swing. That's a 23 <laughs> hit? 23 hits. uh, Five plus, plus... Uh, four, nine damage again. Dang. Okay.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so you've hit him twice solidly, um, though he does still kind of seem to be... For lack of a better term in the lead <laughs> right uh he's he's the one that's closer to he not, you are the one that is closer to not being conscious at this point um and he's going to continue to fight you here um as he tries to maintain once again do you want to move at all on your turn no but or just I maintain mean, the I, position
1: i don't know if it helps um vol's just going to take up like more of a defensive position now shield out in okay. front of him yeah
0: yeah, well, you can take, on your turn, um, instead of attacking, you can take the dodge action, which gives them disadvantage on attack rolls. So if you get really, really worried about dying, you cannot attack. But I don't think Vols no can yeah. at that point.
1: No. Well, I mean, <laughs> Goliaths also aren't at that point. They, they, they'd rather, <laughs> like, die trying than, you know... Dodge. Unless, abs- up. unless it's a fucking like dodge! um <laughs> unless it's like a fucking dragon's fire breath attack or something oh <laughs> yeah glides aren't really the ones to dodge no especially <laughs> not in
0: 1v1s okay so yeah he's gonna continue to try to attack you and the dagger hits especially well and one of the swords hits as well one of the sword attacks and you take even with 15 ac
1: He's in yeah. this fuck
0: yeah i got an 18 and a crit nice so so vol's out yeah that's 14 damage yeah as he uh the last hit comes through with your weapon the pommel of your nice short sword hits you right in the like he oh no, yeah so he swipes with the dagger uh misses with the sword and then uppercuts with the upper the bottom the pommel like he flips it in sword, hand yeah. and pop yeah hits you in the face with a pommel and you see like stars and the world goes dim as you fall to the ground unconscious again and sometime later the light of day seems to have faded from the room you are in the cage once again <laughs> the lock reattached and no cup around you (laughs) um and as you kind of come to with one hit point sometime between an hour and four hours later let's see how long it was sometime between an hour and four hours you feel like sore as there's dry blood underneath your nose and when you when you open your eyes you see the two familiar figures playing cards at the table in the room uh one of them with a lovely new short sword in the scabbard across his right side looking gleaming at you in the lamplight and uh as they hear you kind of like breathe less evenly they look over and and the the drow walks over and says wow here, you almost
1: got out. Yeah, and I'm just about ready for round two.
0: Oh, I don't think that'll be happening anymore. You don't get any more food or water. Besides, they'll be here soon.
1: Alright, well, I stand by, uh, what I said. You're one hell of a cowardish dwarf, uh, drow. <laughs> He says, you think I look like a dwarf, huh? Okay, yep,
0: you're a little out of it. Um, And with that, he does, like, he begins to wave his hand as he pulls out his water pouch. And he, like, strings out water into, like, a bubble in the air and, like, floats it in front of you and says, this is the only way you're going to be able to drink, so you better take it.
1: Vol's going to take it without saying anything.
0: Yeah, so you just basically got to stick your face up to it and suck out of it. (laughs)
1: Little
0: airborne Capri Sun, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you take it and he's like, because we do have to keep you alive, but I obviously can't give you a cup. So, and so he gives you the water. Um, The last bit of it, you realize he dissipates the spell on purpose to make it get on your face. And he says, ooh, oops. Well, at least you're not going to die.
1: I'm gonna use that little on my face, just wipe my face clean, like, ah! Refreshing. Get the- (laughs) Refreshing! (laughs) Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, and then, uh, you hear a chuckle from the other room, or from the- from Chester at the table, and he says, don't worry, I'll take good care of her, as he pats the sword.
1: Kid, I hope you know it's not gonna be anything personal, but I'm gonna- I'm gonna find you. Because tracking's my job, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do some bad things to you, and you're not gonna like it too much. And he
0: stands up and starts walking. He's like, "Is that a threat?" And the drow like holds him back, and he says, "Ha ha ha!" ha. What's most important here? And the kid sighs deeply, and he goes, "Getting paid and not pissing off the wrong people." And he's like, "So what do we do when the prisoner mouths off?" And he says. Stop listening, and he turns around with a deep
1: sigh and goes back to the table. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> your mom asked down. me if it was a threat last night when I stuck her good. And he says, funny, last night you were unconscious in a cage, so I think my
0: mom's alright.
1: Oh, I like the two of you, except that coward there. You're better off, kid. We'll see, we'll see if I decide to keep you alive or not, and then fall back. And not say anything because he's he's a little loosey goosey in the head, quite a yeah. quite a bit of a knock. All right, I love it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, because these are all so... like these are all people for hire, so they're kind of it's like it's not personal. He understands that they're doing their job, but yeah, he, it, the the kid made it personal by taking his sword. Purely, yeah. so he did. Yeah, he did.
0: So, so yeah. at some point in there, do, are you just gonna like to stay there and watch them, or are you gonna like to try and take a take a nap so you can regain some strength, or what would you like to do?
1: Yeah, no, Vols uh, Vols resigned himself to the fact that his his next opportunity is gonna be whenever the um, uh, benefactor shows up. Um, so he's and that they've been pretty good at not giving too much away. The one mistake was the cup. Um, and so, unless he notices something before going out, like mm-hmm. taking a little bit of a nap and trying to regain some, you know, constitution, some health, some some composure, he's he's just gonna be dead. Okay.
0: So you fall asleep. Um. And at some t- point during this rest, you. Wake to someone shaking you awake um, as you're leaning up against the bar and you feel a hand on your shoulder and as you you your eyes open, uh, you feel a mouth cover your, your your own and you look down and you can see that it's the skin of the drow. Or a drow, and you you assume it's the one that was at the table that's been watching you because he's not there, and the kid's asleep at the table. He's like, like falling asleep. There is a an alcohol bottle on the table, um, and several drinks. And he says, "Shut up if you want to live."
1: Nod my head. I'm
0: going to leave you in the sand. I'm going to take the kid for a while because, as you can see, he's inebriated. Your friend Magdor is in danger. I may work for these guys, just work for them. Not again. Now you can't, you can't say anything. You do, I'll find you and kill you myself. I've been working for years to keep this racket up. And I won't have somebody ruin it, but I also can't have your friend be caught by the Brotherhood. Not again. Stand. Good. And uh and he's and he says, um Lastly, I will bring the chest back in here. No, I'll leave it in the other room so it doesn't look so suspicious, but I will leave it unlocked. I'm
1: gonna point to Does the kid still have the sword on him?
0: Yes, I will make sure that that sword is in the chest. It's obvious that you... Now, an easier way to kind of solve this problem is the kid was so drunk that he dropped the keys in the sand. And he dropped your sword as well because he was play fighting with it. And I took him back to where he's supposed to be. Away to get somebody else to help me. You were unconscious from the fight and somehow escaped getting... Now, I will let you know the kid will probably be, be
1: executed. Well, not. Or at
0: very least severely beaten. Okay, no problems. Great. I don't have a problem with it. The kid's annoying as hell. So, I'm going to do that. Just stop Close your eyes, stay unconscious, so if the kid sees you, he still thinks you're out. Cool? Not again. All right. Now know that someone's looking out for you, and you may owe them a favor in the future. Cool nods. Good. All right, and he takes his hand off, er, off of your mouth, leaves and walks around into the sand looks at you and nods kind of signaling you to at least pretend to be asleep you know you can close your eyes and still see you know that sort of thing um, especially in the dark um, especially to someone who's drunk you'll absolutely you don't have to even make a performance check he will think you're asleep uh, so it through like clo- partially closed eyes you can see um, him remove the, the sword and the scabbard and just kind of lay it in the sand and he goes oops <laughs> <laughs> and then takes the keys as well off the belt and goes, oh, what a clumsy boy. <laughs> and then goes, hey, and like starts to like wake him up. And he's like, you're too drunk. We're taking you back. And he's like, no, no, I have to watch the guy. i didn't make sure the guy, he can't get away. What if he gets away? What we're gone?" He's like, look at him. You beat him senseless. He, he, you did a good job today, kid. Come on. And he grabs the kid and starts to walk him out and looks at you and kind of nods as he walks out of the western chamber. Um, and, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Vol is suspicious. Signaling you to do something. Yeah. Um, and he's slowly going to find the key and unlock himself, get himself out of the cage. Yeah, you
0: reach to kind of the end of your 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 Goliath reach, you know, and then go there's like two or three keys on there. You could assume one is probably for the the chest. One is probably for this and maybe something else. Maybe these keys could be useful in the future. You're not sure.
1: But yeah, definitely easy. Unlock it uh, and you're out. Um, Grab my very, very nice sword, but it's going to be out at the ready, just in case. Um, You've got the scabbard in one hand and the sword in the other. Yeah and navigate back to the cave with my belongings awesome yeah there's a chest there key works uh re put on all of my things um oh. do, like, you like a again yeah a do bit, like a <laughs> fit test make sure everything's where it is um it is. everything is there and then start heading back to the ca- cave with the cage Yep, okay, um, as you, and
0: you hear some voices as you are coming back down to the south, and they are not those of the voices that you've been accustomed to for the last three days, and you can't really make out over the distortion of the waves and the cave echoes uh, of who the voices are, but you can make out two voices, um, but you're not sure who they are as you get closer. If you want to be on the scene, I'd love for you to make a stealth check um to just make sure that they can't hear you as you kind of approach. I'll do that, um, especially
1: cuz my gear I would assume would have had my uh, boots <laughs> of elven kind. Yep. So advantage on stealth checks that rely on not being heard. Woo. Uh hang on, let me just uh roll a 20. 20, yeah. Very very quiet. They
0: as you kind of creep around the corner in the sand using using the the softer portions of the sand to your advantage. Uh, you come around the corner and you can hear the voices, but they seem to be, like, off to the side where the table is. You're not going to be able to see them until you get into the room.
1: But can I, like, so I hear the voices. Can I understand what they're saying? Um, they sound like,
0: like there's a deeper guttural one. Uh, and he says, I think he might be around here somewhere. The cave's op- the cage is open and then he says are you sure and you recognize it as your friends <laughs> um as you kind of peek around you see you see magdor and Nox like looking around on the ground and around the cage uh mostly around the table at this point to try, presumably to find you you have no idea how they got here
1: ah <sighs> Vol, Vol's not gonna go that way yet okay um because he does remember there was another exit from the northern cave
0: uh yeah there was another tunnel there's another tunnel mm-hmm. not an exit uh yeah not necess-
1: you don't know if it was an exit or not uh this is hard um and I'll t- and I'll tell you why it's not that Vol doesn't want to be reunited again and get this mess sorted with. But then there's something else going on here and Vol wants to find as much without any distract like not gonna they're not dead weights, but then it once mm. they're more to the party, there's gonna be a lot more distractions that are gonna pop up, especially with us. So Vol wants to investigate yes. a little bit more. Um so he's gonna take <laughs> Okay, so he's gonna try going down that tunnel from the northern cave that goes east, I believe. Yes, so you make your way back to the north and then head off to the east into
0: another tunnel and it, it ends in at what seems like an, another empty cave opening like a tunnel 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 and it opens up a little bit but it seems empty uh there is a lantern in the on the on the top of the the room for lack of a better term though so yeah but it seems empty to the to the casual
1: glance uh do I notice anything out of the ordinary Uh, not without looking a little closer.
0: Um, it just seems, the cursory check seems to be, you know, this looks pretty, um, pretty standard. Because what's your passive perception? 20. Oh, yeah. No, you definitely (laughs) notice that some of the sand has been kind of, uh, some of the sand looks like it's, for some reason or another, it looks shallower, which is weird to say, but it... Like, the, you know how sand has, like, little waves and stuff in it? The waves are very, very shallow there. Compared to everywhere else in the room where they seem sort of deeper, as if there's something under the sand.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna try... (laughs) ...digging at that area a little bit? Yeah, you literally just go up and, like, swipe it away and there's, like, a a door
0: that you're able to reveal. Like, a wooden, iron-banded door with, like, a ring that you can
1: pull up. Bull's about to go on an adventure! (laughs) <laughs> before wait wait before Vol commits, um, how many hit points did I regain? Cause that's.
0: Oh, it's full rest. Full rest. Okay, rest.
1: just one. Wanted... Okay, yeah. So Vol's going on an adventure.
0: For what it's worth, too, this door does not look big enough to travel down into. Oh. Uh. So if it- if he opens it up, what does he see inside? You open it up, and inside is kind of a smaller chest. Like, Because your chest was a full-size chest because it had all your stuff, weapons, and everything in it. This one's probably, you know, like a large lockbox, right. basically. Looks like it could hold something up to about a foot in length and maybe three or four inches tall. Uh, but it's got a large lock on the front. Um, looks pretty important. It's got a nice lock, and it was hidden under sand in a unknown hidden
1: cavern. I'm going to try the third key. Okay. Does, doesn't work doesn't work doesn't um <laughs> you want know vol's gonna take the chest with him okay um and when he comes back into that cavern where his chest was does he see any mm-hmm. like like rocks or something small that he can throw
0: uh yeah there's some rocks on the ground that you can pick up some shells little pebbles things like that yeah Gonna pick up one and make his way back to the cave with the cage. Mm -hmm. Uh... Where you can still hear the voices of them, like, walking around and making quote-unquote checks. They're looking
1: for signs of you. Um... And so this is the northern entrance, right? Yeah. Uh, do I have view of the south entrance? Yeah! I'm gonna toss the rock at the south entrance. Okay, you toss the
0: rock into the south entrance, and it... Lands in the sand, but it makes enough of a sound still uh, that we will say, I don't remember who has the higher passive among them. One Uh, of them notices. Magdor. Magdor notices, and he goes, oh, something's coming from that southern chamber. And he he starts to look off in that direction, but doesn't commit. He just, uh, he pulls the goggles of night down and says, oh, no, it just ends in a dead end. Everything's fine. Nothing in there. And then he pulls the Goggles of the Night back up and then continues to look in the room. He's like, I can't tell where he went, but I know he was here. That's what they said. That he said that he would be here. I'm just going to wait. He says, I don't know. It feels like we should just go that way. And he's That's the, the only way left to look.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Why can't they just do things the way I want them to do? do for like once, <laughs> just once. Just even when they're not here, they're not doing what you want. Just <laughs> once do what I want. Um.
0: Actually, here, odds or evens. Odds, they will go investigate with, because Nox is paranoid. Evens, they will go to the north shortly. So, odds or evens. Odds. Okay, yeah, they seem uh, Knox goes, but and he eyes the southern passages. But maybe we should um go because that sound. Maybe you didn't see everything. How long was the tunnel? He says, oh, like fifty feet long. And he says, uh, we should go check on it. And they pat, he pitter off, and he's like, and Knox is like, come, we we should check just to be thorough for for Vol. If he's there, we should make sure we find him. And they head off that way. You know, they pull on the, you know, they, being knocks pull on the goggles of night and they head off into the southern passageway as you hear their sloshy, sandy footsteps head off to the south.
1: Vol's gonna just make a run for it out the western entrance. You're just leaving them?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to reunite them! <laughs> you fucker! <laughs> All right, um, what is your passive stealth?
1: Uh, what would so th- it's just 10 plus your stealth, yeah. Um, three, uh, 13. It's
0: 13. Okay, Um. so they don't seem to notice you as you make your way uh, to the exit of the cave for the first time, you know.
1: Um, Vol's gonna keep heading out, heading out until he hits uh, the exit. What does uh, Vol see when he leaves?
0: Um, the closer you get to the exit, the more you realize the sound of the waves is really dampened, uh, deeper in the cave, uh, but you hear the loud crashing of the waves, um, as the sun is j- you can see that this, the light of the sun is coming in, and so, um, yeah, it's morning time, and you're free, and you- over the next- I mean, did you want to do anything out here specifically, uh?
1: Well, so what is Vol seeing as he exits the cave? Just that uh, beach. Know, not. There's a Just, beach okay.
0: spanning, um, what you recognize based on where that sun is rising would be north and south. Um, yeah, but other than that, you don't really know where you are. Um, you assume somewhere on the Sword Coast near, you know, Luskin.
1: Okay. Um, Vol's tired. Vol left his friends because he needed space didn't want to face him yet. Cape with all of his things, his life, and a new little lockbox that he couldn't open. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing specifically right now. Uh, he's just going to gather his th- thoughts before he decides what to do next.
0: Okay. Yeah, so you spent a few minutes just kind of contemplating exactly what's going to happen next or what you're going to do next. Um, not really knowing still the the full depth of what's going on here. And you, um, if you hear odd things from inside. It sounds, uh, you can't hear a lot, but every once in a while you hear some clanking metal, some sobbing, um, some weird sounds, like, they're, they sound frustrated. Um, and just as you kind of, like, for the first time after sitting on, like, a log, you know, a beached log or something to kind of, like, f- collect your thoughts, as you said, uh, you stand up to hear, you know, you, cause you see Krosiv flying towards you.
1: Ah, uh, I guess it's time to face them, Vol says, as I'm assuming, or at least Vol's assuming, that a meeting is incoming because of Krosif.
0: Yeah, Krosif does fly, kind of give you a little bit of a circle around you, and then flies straight into the cave, and you hear, Tall man! Tall man! And, uh... Um- with quickly approaching footsteps, at that moment, you, the sand. Whoever is they, your friends are charging out of the cave with, uh, uh, quickness. There was a little trepidation, but then they're headed out quickly.
1: Uh, Vol's gonna commit to the bid um, of trying to deceive his friends, and as uh, whenever they pop out, Vol's gonna yell, "Who goes there?" With sword in hand. <laughs> so they pop
0: out after a few moments. You yell, who goes there, as um, a firebolt flies at your face, and uh, that's where we'll end it. Yay. So, reunion incoming, it'll be great. Yay. (laughs) Great job, buddy. We'll see you in a few weeks, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Good luck with the uh, sessions. Don't let anything too crazy happen. Yeah, we'll definitely try.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Casual Quest Masters. Thank you so much to you, our listeners, for being here and to Sirenscape for allowing us to utilize their amazing programs for sounds and music. Check them out at sirenscape.com. We hope to see you here next time for the next episode of Casual Quest Masters.